Welcome to the She Speaks Podcast. I am your host, Shanika, but for this forum, you can call me Neek or Sis. This is a show for women that discusses real life topics to let you know that you are not alone on this journey called life. And while we're taking this journey, I'm also encouraging you to embrace the concept of true sisterhood. Are you ready, sis? Let's go. Hey, sis. So today I am excited about this Dope Soul interview. As you know, I'm always excited to highlight other women and their stories. And I get super excited when they're doing extra dope things in the community or in the lives of others. So today, I'm excited to sit down with a dope soul named Gloria Weatherspoon. And for this episode, we are going to call this Glow because that's how she's known throughout the universe. So one, I'm excited for you to hear about and from this sister who is making a positive impact in her community and the lives of others. Gloria is one of my sorority sisters. We are in Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. And she is an active duty military member. She's the chief master sergeant in the United States Air Force. For those of you that are unfamiliar, that is an E-9. And she is also a loving wife and an amazing mother of four. So first things first, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule, Glow, to allow me to interview you for She Speaks. Oh, Neek, thank you for having me. Um, it's it's an honor to be on this platform because, as you know, I've been a fan of this podcast for a long time, um, and you're doing amazing things, and I'm just really excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, everybody. So um, what the first thing I want to do is just give you a little bit of background about me and Gloria and how we met. So Gloria and I met when we were deployed back in 2011. For those of you that are not familiar with deployments, that is where we pack up our lives for six months in two or three bags. You go to your job in a country that you may or may not know about. And you work with people that you've never worked with in your life and you're expected to make it happen for six months and then you turn around and you go home right so back in 2011 me and glow met on the phone we never met in person until was it 2014 i was going to afghanistan yes Mm -hmm. and she was on her way to another deployment as you heard to afghanistan And we've been rocking ever since, right? So uh, we've been there for each other through various stages. And I mean, deployments and promotions. And I was there when she became uh, my sorority sister. And she has always been a huge supporter of She Speaks. And when I say huge supporter, I, I mean, when it was just an idea, she was there hyping me up like, Glow is the hype man to have. Like she will hype you up and you look around and you think it's a room full of people and it's just her. So I really want to just thank you for that. Um, like I said, you've always been there. And for the people who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and why you agreed to come on the podcast? Oh, absolutely. So I think it's always important to point out because I am very proud that I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I am from Philly. It has a lot to do with my personality. 
who I am, how I go after stuff. Um, so I always want to put that out there. I'm from Philadelphia. Most people be like, oh, like if, if something clicks for them when I say I'm from Philadelphia. So I want to say that first. And you already, you know, you already hit the nail on the head. The, my most important title is mom. Uh, so I got four kids, one daughter, three sons. Um, my daughter's in college and my other three sons are here at the house. My husband is retired military, so I was dual military right. for uh, <clears throat> for a long time. Um, and then, you know, I'm a, I'm a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, Incorporated. Um, which you already said, but I had to say it again. And let's point and, out, your daughter is also a member of? Yes, Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. So <laughs> me and my baby girl. Yeah, our legacies. So it's been, um, it's, it is definitely um, exciting. I currently work at a, out here at Patrick Air Force Base at the Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute in Florida, 45 minutes away from <laughs> Disney World. So, you know, it's a, it's a dream uh, right. out here in Florida. But um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I like, I love life, want to see people win and I um I appreciate all your kind words, Neat, because when I when somebody has like an idea and it's it's just amazing, I'm like, go for it. Like that is because I want I want everybody to win and kind of achieve their goals because I think anything is possible. Nothing is impossible. So true, true. So of course when I first reached out and we've been talking about this for the longest time, and it's just amazing that now we're able to sit down and make the time and do it. I'm I had a lot of topics that I was floating around, but of course I asked you, Hey, what do you want to talk about? And you chose overcoming fear and rejection. So my first question is why is it so important for us to overcome fear and rejection? It is important because if you live your life hesitant or afraid to go after the things that you want, you will never even be able to discover how amazing you can be. You won't know what you're capable of if you live in a place where you worry, what is somebody going to say? What is somebody going to do? Well, if I say that wrong, what's going to happen? Well, I don't want to apply. Maybe they don't want me. And so you will, you will live a life full of regret, in my opinion. And if I can give some advice for people to not live a life of regret, because I've had a career where people would tell me what I could and couldn't do. And I've had moments in my life where I actually believed them. And so when I would shake that off, I would do exactly what I wanted to do and the opposite of what they said I couldn't do. <laughs> and it was, it was just like, oh. So when I started looking at, looking at stuff where they were just like, oh, you know, you might not be able to do that because of your personality. They're, oh, you might not be able to do that because you have children now. I look at things like that and I'm like, huh, game on. Let's do it. <laughs> Versus looking at it like, oh, you know, because that person is in longer than me and they have experience that, or, or they, you know, they've been there or they share their experience on why something didn't work for them, that they were right. Versus uh, believing in my own abilities to do stuff. And so once I started believing in my own abilities to do stuff, everything I wanted to do, even if it took time, because I drag my feet sometimes, but everything that I wanted to do, I've done and been successful at it. Okay. So can you share with the listeners 
share with us a time when you had to overcome fear and rejection and then tell us why you was you why you felt it was important to do so so let me see and try to because it was it was several i'm gonna try to figure out like i think the one that was most um impactful and it, and it may sound it may sound small so i used to have a huge fear of public speaking believe it or not me i just what? didn't like to talk in front of people right <laughs> like i had a, a huge fear of public speaking and so um there was a she was a senior master sergeant then senior master sergeant rita green she retired retired chief now but senior master sergeant then rita green and she um she helped me with that because she was like hey i want you to MC this promotion ceremony i was like oh no you know i don't and my accent because i had a really thick east coast accent um right. and i was just like oh well you know i was giving her i don't i don't really read that well she's like you don't really read that well what are you <laughs> talking about and so after telling her you know i'm a i'm a tech sergeant at the time telling this senior master no you know lady i don't think i'm gonna do this and she was like yeah you don't have a choice so figure it out oh. and so it was crazy because i did it and i thought i did well and she high-fived me and then i went to lunch and it was some female master sergeant sitting behind me talking about how ghetto i found it oh and that i should have never you know they should have never picked me to do that and just kind of i don't know if they realized i was behind them or not and that that old gloria right wasn't the gloria now the gloria now would have turned around and been like oh excuse me i'm sorry are we or do we need to have a discussion but old gloria wasn't like that and that those things really hurt my feelings and so i didn't i didn't speak in public and I, I didn't volunteer uh maybe for a couple years after that and so one day i was just like f this you know there's nothing wrong with me right it was it was all them and so just kind of having an encouraging team my uh my aunt you know um rodney at the time just kind of co-workers and stuff so i think i overcame that because i was i had people around me that i trusted i trusted what they said they knew me and um i allowed them to build me up so i think i got past that because of my tribe at the time to be honest which is funny because my next question was what was your process and you know did you have a community or whatever so what type of mind shift did you have to make in order to get back out there in order to accept that feedback from your community and your tribe to make that step because sometimes you know we our mindset is what keeps us right like we keeps mm -hmm. us from doing things like we have all the resources we have all the people around us hyping us up but if we don't mentally shift into where we're supposed to be in those things that we're supposed to be doing it can still be a setback so how did you do that mind shift and so i would say that it was practice because if it was something that you wanted to do you have to figure out how to do it and do it well every time i speak believe it or not every time i get up in front of people i have like crazy butterflies in my stomach i'm nervous i don't want to stutter am i going to say the wrong thing i'm still like that but i think the um the confidence comes with the preparation. I knew I wanted to speak in public. What's the best way that I can do that? 
am I a, a, a person who can memorize a speech or do I need to write everything down? Right. And so I think it was the practice and I will, I gotta give credit to PME because they force you to do it there. <laughs> they force you to do it, but I knew that it was something I wanted to do. And I actually took the time to make myself better at it, if it made sense. So I would take little opportunities to speak to small, really small groups of people right. that I was comfortable with that I knew, you know, if it was a, a group of friends, you know, right. I would start start talking and pay attention to their body language. So it's really a, a process where if you want to do something, you have to understand you have to put in the work because the fear is always going to be there. I still get nervous, right. but I know the process, the process had to be the preparation piece of it. You always prepare. And when somebody asks you, I quit saying, no, I can't because I absolutely can. Mm -hmm. I just knew what I needed to do to be able to be good at it. Hmm. That's dope. So the takeaway from that is preparation is key. Practice yes. for what you want. Okay. That makes total sense. So for the sis or the young lady that's listening right now, and she may be struggling with fear or rejection, what words of encouragement would you give her? You know what's, what's crazy? Because before we got on this podcast, I was on uh, Facebook mm -hmm. and I saw a post that another friend had posted. And the advice what I, I would give is you are enough. You are enough. If you, you know, if you have to look in the mirror and tell yourself that and tell yourself the amazing things about you that you know to be true and pull those from other people. I've asked people, why did you pick me? Why did you select this last job I had to be on me? I asked my old boss. Uh -huh. What made you pick me? Why did you select me? Because I needed to hear that because I was sitting here like, I don't know what I did that you thought was so amazing. Right. That you wanted me to come to this job. <laughs> and so I asked the question more so as an affirmation because I'm, I'm a pretty confident person in most arenas. Mm -hmm. um, but I've applied for jobs and not gotten selected. Right. And so I feel some type of way because in my mind, I'm the best out of all the people that applied <laughs> right <laughs> but that job just wasn't right for me and the truth is I have a a lot of faith in God's plan and I always believe if I'm supposed to have something I'll have it I wasn't always there right and maybe maybe I just got there in my late 30s right early 40s mm -hmm. but I would want a young lady to understand look yourself in the mirror and realize the only person in your way is the person in that in the, the person you see in the reflection. Right. Don't listen to what other people tell you because there are always going to be people in your life that tell you what you cannot do. Right. And I I always like to share the story when uh, Rodney and I got married. Uh, he had to go to he had a PCS to Grand Forks, and so I had Jaden. And I had Jaden and Justin back to back. Yeah, they only thirteen months apart. <laughs> So I had Jaden, I had Jaden, and I had Miss Tech Sergeant by 12 points, right? But I didn't study. I didn't prepare. I didn't do anything. And so I remember the master sergeant that I had, right, when we all found I was pregnant with Justin, he says to me, oh, well, if you didn't make it with one baby, you sure are not going to make it with two. Oh, my. <laughs> and so I said, game on. And there's a picture out there somewhere. I have to get it. Uh, a friend of mine told me she has a pic 
picture she has to find it of mm-hmm. me studying in labor oh I was in labor with Justin in the bed they had gave me the epidural I didn't feel nothing and I had that PDG out I was studying up until I went into labor didn't study in the hospital Justin slept for eight hours wow. can't nobody tell me it wasn't meant for me to make text on right that baby slept for eight hours so I had six maternity weeks to study and prepare, you know, for that test. And remember, Justin was born in October. I took that test, February, March, I made it. Wow. But I had somebody deliberately in my life look me in my face and tell me what I wasn't going to do. And I had a choice to either believe him or accept it as a challenge. Right. And I had already been through all that stuff with me wanting to be, you know, speak in public and all of that. And somebody telling me I shouldn't. I had already worked through all those kinks. So I took that mindset. Of, oh, game on. And then, you know, they really surprised, you know, they used to pull everybody together and tell you that you made it. And um, I had found out earlier because I had a friend in the CSS. They told me. (laughs) So I knew. Right. And when we when we walked in that room and my commander called my name, I just turned around. I looked at that mask and I went. (laughs) And I went to go get my stripes. And I think I think that like that me getting over the fact that some, you know, listening to other people, I'm hard headed. Right? I'm from Philadelphia. I'm hard-headed. Listening to other people. Don't let other people's crazy become your crazy. That was Ayala Van Zandt. I heard her say that one time. I was like, oh, well, there you go. Don't let other people's crazy become your crazy. Because people will throw that negativity on you and it, and, and it sticks to you and it's so hard to get off. Right. And you gotta, you gotta dodge it. You gotta be like Neo from the Matrix. Don't you let nobody just throw all that, just all that negative energy on you. Uh, it's serious. I got a friend right now. She got somebody in her life who set her down. This young lady, this young lady had been through it in her career. Right. And she had somebody in her life who set her down to tell her how horribly she's doing in the Air Force. She just graduated OTS. How is she doing that? I'm confused. And so because I learned early and I got to give um, props to my mom too. Like my mom, that was a foundation for me. My, my upbringing, my mom was like, you know, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? If I said, well, I want to be a giraffe. She'd be like, well, let's go find a giraffe costume. Then. That's what you want to do. You know, and my mom, my mom just really instilled it in me. I forgot it for a little bit, right? Because right. as an adult, you want to be accepted and you meet new people. Yeah. But I got to give, I got to give credit where credit is due. My mom was serious about, making sure you understood your own abilities and so um am i rambling and so I just, no no no, I no just, because, um yeah no because what you're saying is it's legit right mm-hmm. and i want to go to the foundational piece where you said that your mother mm-hmm. instilled that in you early and along the way you forgot but then you went right back to that. And that's so important because we do forget sometimes who we are. And I always go back to the movie Black Panther, right? Where he's fighting and his mom, she yells, tell them who you are, right? Because he was starting to lose. And he heard that in the midst of his defeat. And when he heard her say that, he popped right back up and told them who he was, right? He was like, I am T'Challa, son of, you know, his father. And he was, you know, and he killed yeah. it. 
And I just, that just really stuck with me when you said that, because we do lose our way sometimes, but there's always something in life that happens that brings you back to who you used to be. And you remember. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I am thankful um, as your girlfriend that your mother did that because you are dope, yo. Like I've watched you over the years and Every time there was a challenge, whether you, and we're all allowed to have our moments, right? But you didn't stay there. And I think that's important too with overcoming fear and rejection because sometimes, and it's based off of who we are and how we're built, yes, but sometimes we want to stay and we want to stay in the corner with fear and rejection, right? Like, no, that's my, these are my homies right now. And then you need that community and that tribe and, those words you know from them to throw you back out there and like nah okay sis you had your time go ahead and Mm -hmm. you know get back in the ring so I do appreciate that um that example and just you being able to put that out there because it's important don't let Mm because people are so quick to judge and they're so quick to say these different things and they don't even know your story right? right which is why I created this platform and sorry, we're getting a little off, but because Mm -hmm. words are important, they either build people up or they tear people down. And I don't know. And well, I do know about you, but I don't want to be the one that's responsible for tearing someone down because how how do I, we don't know if the words that we speak, if they're negative, that could be something to tear someone completely down and they never get back up yep so you you don't know you don't know their story and like I understand you know folks come in and I'll use our you know what our service right like folks come in the air force for different reasons and so I will always tell somebody even if they didn't have that foundational base because you have people who came out of all types of situations and they come into the air force and Mm -hmm. so if, if you have people that didn't have a relationship with a strong person as they were growing up I always tell them, but remember why you did this. You came in here to accomplish something. Um, Remember. And so for me, that's where the foundational base is. Remember why you did this. Like that feeling when you went in that recruiter's office, why'd you do that? You did it because you wanted either out of your situation, you wanted better for yourself, you wanted to go to school, whatever it was. Remember why you did that. Always make that, always make that circle back. Because I don't know what it is about you know, humans that has to, some humans, not all, because you have some beautiful humans in this world that you meet online, over the phone, like you and I did. You (laughs) may not meet them in person, but there are some beautiful souls in this world who will definitely pour into you. And you have to love yourself to surround yourself with those folks. Right. Yeah. That's, that's deep right there. Love yourself enough to surround yourself with those people. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so as we get ready to wrap up, um, as you know, it's always a pleasure to sit and talk with you. Me and you have sat and talked for hours on end, um, whether it's a quick, hey, let me ask you about this. And then we end up talking about life and work and kids and husband and just things in general and it's always a dope moment like I always get off the phone like 
yo, we wouldn't even calling each other to talk about that, right? <laughs> but I think that's important to be able to have those friends where you can go way off in right field and end up in the middle and then in the left. Yeah. Because if I can't talk to you, then I don't know what the purpose of having a relationship is, right? Like, we let me tell you something. I told somebody that the other day, Meek. I told, <laughs> I, I'm so serious. I said, and this is not being mean. There has to be a mutual benefit with your friends. Right. You can't just have a friend that calls and sucks the life out of you and not give you life back. <laughs> and, and I think that, that like you, you just can't because it's draining, right? Yes. And so, I'll, and I'll use me and you, for example, like you call, you know, you call and we're calling for a specific purpose because we know we got life and things to do. Right. But I always walk away from that phone call with something, whether it's a laugh and I feel better about something, you know, whether I learned something that day, you know, you always, you, you want to have people where when you're talking to them and it's just mutually beneficial, you, you hang up and you like, cool, right. you know, because I joked about how I got to call you less. I'm calling, I'm starting to repeat myself. <laughs> I call you, you know, we talking every day, but it's always something when we hang up. Right. That, that you get and I think that that I think that that's important because you cannot even when when did I start not perming my hair I think when I was at IUD so when I was yeah. 40 39 40 I don't know I, I quit count 41 42 who knows <laughs> and so and you know when I tell you oh I stopped perming my hair I'm gonna wear it natural you know you have wore your hair natural for a while yeah but it had took me it took me a long time to just even love that part of myself right to worry about what I was going to look like in uniform because I didn't know how to take care of my own hair. So it was the fear of being rejected as my whole self. Right. If I I get this waiver and I start wearing my hijab, was I going to make the command chief list? Was people going to hire me? Mm. Those were thoughts that crossed my mind. Right. But more importantly, I had to be my whole self. And it's like, I don't want anybody who doesn't accept who I am because I really do at this juncture in my life. And it took a while to get here, realize and understand that I am enough. I am not perfect, but I know what I'm capable of. I know what I can do and I know what I can bring to any team. And so I let that fear of rejection go and I wore my hijab. And now I am wholly who I am. I am more grounded I am more spiritual I think I'm a better mom I think I'm a better you know a better wife I think I'm a better friend because I walked out of a place where I was so worried about what somebody else would think right girl now you know that's a whole nother podcast right there just being able to truly be authentic on the inside and out, right? Yes. Because hair is a whole different conversation. Yeah. Whether it's relaxed, natural, you know, whatever, short, long. Um, But I think it's beautiful that even in that period of isolation that you were in, you were able to walk out whole, knowing even more who you were and what you wanted the world to see. Um, that's beautiful because sometimes um, there are those of us that are in isolation and we walk out and we still in isolation you know we we hyping it up yeah but to see you transition from that because I remember 
um, talking to you in the deed and what that was like mm -hmm. and how you were able to embrace your religion. You were able to, and I think being in a country where that was more accepting may have had an impact on that because that was their way of life, right? And then you come back to the States and of course the United States is a beautiful place and we can explore all of these different things. But in some cases we as women and we as African-American women still yeah. aren't able to truly embrace who we are, right? Wow. And it was just beautiful to see because next thing I know, you was like, Nate, look, I'm about to go put in this waiver. You know, I'm about to go do this. And then that's when um, I saw you were complete, right? Yeah. And you're, you had the support of your husband um, yeah. and your kids. And then you had us who were like, yes. And then the day that you wore it in uniform, let, let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> Because okay. That, yeah. That's part of overcoming that fear and rejection. Because you even said it. If I if I wear my uh, hijab, am I gonna get picked up? Or am I gonna get interviewed? How am I gonna be accepted? And you're in a schoolhouse or a place of work that promotes all of these different things. But excuse me, we know we can be in an environment where we promote one thing, and another thing happens. But tell me how, how did you feel when you applied for your waiver and it came back and it was approved and you were able to present your entire self to everyone? Okay, so um, <laughs> kind of, uh, my, old, my old boss was completely on board. You know, I had talked to her about it and every now and then I took a little bit longer than I was supposed to and she was just like, so, you know, what's going on with your waiver? What do I need to do? You want me to sign it today, tomorrow? You know, what we doing? So she was a big part of me just, you know, her as the leader of that organization. Like, hey, you know, you you want this. You you want this for yourself. You 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 want this. So let, let's do it, right? And so I did it. And, you know, I found out later that people had questions, but nobody asked me. Right. They, they would rather ask each other, which I thought was weird because they asked me anything else. Is it hot outside? Did we got to come to work? Can we get a day off? You know, but nobody no. wanted to ask. That's yeah. a little touchy. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted to ask. So I'm like, okay, fine. Right? Um, even though we teach religious diversity. Right. And we have a whole panel, but, but right. nobody wanted to ask. I did have one. I had one uh, person ask me one day, are you cold? I was like, am I cold? And he, he says, yeah. I was like, no. He's like, why do you have, why do you have that on? <laughs> he thought it was a winter like oh. thing and I was like I'm Muslim and he goes I'm crazy sorry chief I got it <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks he goes oh sorry you know and we kind of like laughed it off he was like I'm an, I'm an idiot sorry you know I was like okay <laughs> but it was like it was the I think in the age of social media right like I think the craziest thing with somebody uh because you know i posted that picture yeah about living in your truth and how excited i was to you know kind of just be me on a regular basis and you yeah. know and be okay and and represent and show that i'm a muslim because we have a lot of muslims in the military who don't want to identify because they don't want to go through you know rejection or people saying right. something nasty to them and 
you know, because we're taught not to argue about our religion and you just don't want to put yourself in that situation. So you don't cover because you don't want to stick out when you're around your friends and just all that old craziness. So the crazy part was somebody took a screenshot of the picture I posted on Facebook and sent it to Airman NCO and Senior NCO. And so I'm not sure what that individual wanted uh, out of, you know, what they, what they wanted the outcomes to be. Right. But when I tell you, sis, people I haven't talked to in years came out of nowhere and was like, uh-uh, not her. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. You don't, get, you don't get to do this to her. They right. was trying to drag me, but it was, I mean, an airman that, that I had impacted when I taught F-Tech as a master sergeant. Yeah. You know, she was just like, oh, no, you don't understand what she did <laughs> to me. And so it turned something that could have potentially been negative Right. into something positive because you also saw people who didn't know me and they were just like man she must be she must be amazing I have nothing you know I have nothing to say she looks she looks good in uniform you know so that that showed me how much impact I had had when I hadn't even paid attention I just go through life and I'm who I am and yeah. you know I take care of airmen and, and that's what I do and so to be able to kind of see it manifest where they I mean they they were ready NCOs, former airmen, <laughs> senior NCOs, retirees, officers. Right. It was like, no, they was they was coming out of nowhere. I think my cousin had something to say on there. I didn't even know she knew about the page. So it was it was just a beautiful moment. And it was, even though I wasn't worried about acceptance, it yeah. felt really good that I had it. It felt good that I had it. And support. Yeah. And support. Mm-hmm. And that was able to close that loop, right? It was. Because yep. Yep. when you go through life and you're not looking for any type of um, acceptance, once you truly are able to deal with, this is me, take it or leave it, right? You're able to close that loop, I feel like, on the rejection piece. Right. Because it's like... yeah. What you see, like my mom say, <laughs> baby, what you see is what you get. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. And it's and important. I, I've sat, I've sat in conference rooms where I watched, you know, the chaplain brief other religions and skip the slides. Right. About mine. Right. And I always, if I, if he knew that I was Muslim, he wouldn't do that. Even just the visual. Right. Makes a difference with, with words unsaid. So. I, I like your mom. What you see is what you get. That's right. What you get, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's dope. Thank you for sharing that story. I just know that was a, a huge part of your transformation, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful to see. Um, and the fact that you have impacted other young ladies who may not have had the strength or the courage to truly be who they are especially in a time um, during ramadan right where community and closeness and those things are important and i just thank you for being able to be that listening ear for them i mean in some cases be that voice for them because i know you've been uh, communicating with them during this time and and especially during covid19 right like i try not to bring that up but Let's be honest, we're in a period where we are being isolated, not by choice, but for 
health reasons, right? And national security reasons, if you really want to be yeah. honest. And yeah. I just, I appreciate that because that's impacting your community um, and our community as a whole, because it is our job to make sure that people feel included. Mm-hmm. And I don't say it much, but I think it's dope what you're doing, that voice that you have become for others, and the fact that you have been able to encourage them to use their voice, right? Absolutely. Um, super dope. So before we wrap up, um, can you speak life? And you know, I always say that when we speak life into people, we have the opportunity to assist them into reaching their destiny. And I would like for you and to give you the opportunity to speak life into our listeners. All right. So you are to all the listeners, anybody who will listen to this podcast near or far, I want you to always remember that you may go through a season where you were unsure, you are worried, you are fearful, but I want you to understand that it is only a season. Everything that you want to do, everything that you are going to do is already laid out in God's divine plan for you. You are amazing and wonderfully made. You have the strength and courage and perseverance of our ancestors who were queens, who were leaders, who were warriors. And you come from that lineage. Never forget who you are and what God's purpose is for you. We may have never met, we may never meet, but I love you. And if you ever need anything from me, I'm here. <laughs> Yo, dope souls. Life has been spoken. Glow, I want to thank you again for the interview. I really appreciate it uh, more than you know. I made the call without, without hesitation. You was like, "Yo, I got you. Let's just let's just set it up." Um, also, I wanted to give you the opportunity to tell your story because one, it's important. Two, I know it is something that you want to do, but for you, timing is always, it has to be right. And this is your time because you have been on a few platforms already, but I'm super excited to see the next transformation when you are able to tell your full story. And the reason why is because I know it is going to change lives. Um, You're going to show the little girl from Philly that Philly isn't the only thing in life, right? Um, You're going to show the young ladies who need someone who looks like them um, that they can go far. And even for the male population, um, I truly believe you're going to show them that it's okay to be surrounded by strong women because we all we want everyone to win 
we don't want the men to win. We don't want the, we want everybody to win. Yes, indeed. And so I'm super excited for where you are headed. Um, I know you're always behind the scenes hyping us up, but um, we're going to be out in the streets cheering you on because you're the people's chief, right? <laughs> and um, just a super dope soul, super dope spirit. And I look forward to everything that's about to come away. Thank you. <laughs> you are so welcome. So, sis and members of the Dope Soul crew, thank you for being a valued listener of the She Speaks podcast. Uh, remember, we all have a story to tell and someone needs to hear yours. And when they do, it's going to help them reach their destiny. So, until next time, loves, we are out. Bye, sis. Bye. Sis, thank you for listening to the She Speaks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on your social media platforms with your family, friends, and coworkers. I would also love to hear how the show has impacted you in your life. Feel free to leave me a message via Anchor or follow me on Instagram at the She Speaks. Until next time, walk in who you are, adjust your crown, and stand tall, sis. We all have a story to tell and there's someone out there who needs to hear yours.